right, guys, welcome back to the Gentleman's Bureau. Today we have a guest. Her name is Marcy Rocker Girl. She's uh, she's a little famous on Instagram, you know. Uh, as always, we have uh, co-host Jed Barnes over there in uh, Buda. And we have Mark Rowe over there in uh, Okinawa, Japan. So, right on. Uh, so, Mar Marcy, what, well, what is it you do exactly? excellent question um what i actually do is i'm a writer um i started off writing you know poems and i got into novels and screenplays and um but really it's it's songs because i'm really into music and i actually majored in music voice my first year of college so from that um I got into a whole bunch of other things. Um, when I lived in Hollywood, I did some extra work. So I did some acting. And actually last year I was in a small indie sci-fi movie, um, but unfortunately things got pushed back and it was supposed to be released at the end of last year. I don't have a release date. Um, but I definitely will keep everybody, you know, posted um, on social media when that finally rolls out. Um, I also, I've done a little bit of um, video work. I have been in a few videos. There's actually a video that I shot last summer as well that I have a <laughs> featured role in. Um, I also don't have a date on that. I've seen a rough draft of the video. I think it's great, but of course it's it's up to the artist to decide um, what he's gonna keep and you know what he's gonna throw away. I also don't right. have a date for that either. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of things like there's some acting, um, I was supposed to do, um, some promotional modeling, uh, there's the videos, there's the writing and the songs. Um, I wrote two novels, I wrote a screenplay. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I'm doing right this second is I just started a month ago on my own YouTube channel. And that's been yeah. exciting for me because I get to, to write and I get to shoot it and edit it. And um, it's called Five Minutes with Marcy Rocker Girl. And the whole concept is five minutes. And I always throw that in there or less. <laughs> and yeah. um, I tackle different topics. I mean, I have topics from, I talk about how to get into professional wrestling because uh, I went to professional wrestling school. I talk about how to write a screenplay, how to write a novel. Then I have topics um, that would be of interest to singles and couples. I talk, um, <laughs> I have an episode strictly about uh, social media and I have an episode about stalkers, groupies, and <laughs> nudes. I'm just gonna call them nudes so you don't bleep me out. Um, so I just try to tackle a lot of different subjects and I guess it came from a lot of my friends um, asked me advice. And then lately I've been getting a lot of, of DMs and people are saying, oh, you know, I heard you wrote a novel or a song or I heard you went professional wrestling, you know, how did you get involved? So I kind of like mix it up with like the serious and the silly, <laughs> I kind of like to mix it together. Yeah, of course. Awesome, awesome. yeah, uh, I see you've been doing a lot. So tell me more about the, you were a formally or a formal wrestling ballet, right? Yeah. So for the people who don't know what a wrestling 
ballet is. Um, a wrestling ballet is a little tiny different from like a wrestling manager. So what traditionally what they were, were they were girls who walked the professional wrestler to the ring. Um, and usually they would stand at ringside. If they had belts, they would hold the belts. You know, if they were like heels, which are considered the bad guys, they would help them cheat. If they were faces, which are considered the good guys, you know, they would help rally the crowd with them. Um, a lot of times in wrestling today, people start off as a ballet, um, but that's kind of an introduction to them coming out as a wrestler. So when I first decided I wanted to be a ballet, I didn't know much about it. And I read a pamphlet about how to get into it. And I found out that there actually was a professional wrestling school um, in New Jersey, which is you know the next city over. And so I went and I talked to them and I found out that to be a valet, even though technically I'm not going to be in the ring fighting, I still had to go through the same program as the wrestlers. Because the theory is, you know, if I'm there and somebody tries to grab me or if I'm at ringside and another girl attacks me, I need to know how to protect myself. So I still had to learn the moves, I still had to learn how to take what they call bumps, you know, which is, you know, when you, when you fall in the ring or you get thrown in the ring. And what I found out was that it's really dangerous. I mean, they were telling me stories about people that, you know, hit their head and like eventually like died from it. And I remember the first time I ever took a bump, which was literally like you stood in the center of the ring, like you crossed yourself like this and you just fell straight backwards okay nobody's catching you and the ring because it was like a training ring was like hard as a brick that ring was so cold but what you had to do is you had to learn when you're falling in that ring the first thing you do and it has to be like automatic is you have to lift your neck up to make sure that the back of your head doesn't hit the hard ring because if it hits right. the ring, you can give yourself you know like a concussion or something so the first time i did it the force was so great when I fell back, my head automatically snapped back and it like hit the ring. And like the, initially they were like, are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I'm fine, I'm fine. I got home and I had like the worst headache. It went on for like, you know, like a couple of days and stuff. But I learned after that, the next time I ever got into a real situation with a girl and we fell off that top ring, went to the concrete floor, my head automatically did this, okay? Right. <laughs> I learned my lesson, you know. <laughs> Always do this as you're falling. Never let that head, you know, fall. Um, so that was my, my first injury. And then um, another time when I was actually out there um, and I was working with a tag team and um, they gave me their, their belts, these big old wrestling belts. And these had like metal and they were huge. They were heavy too. And I got two of them, you know, because they were the tag teams, one on each shoulder. And I went to get like out of the ring and I had the belt and like the, I didn't think it had that much give because the ring was like old and stuff, but apparently it did. And when I went through the belt hit the rope and the rope snapped up, and it made one of the metal belts hit me in my face. And it literally, oh, went, it hit me so quick. Like I had no chance to do anything. And then nobody, nobody saw it, okay? Because it was being filmed, nobody saw it. 
And, but I felt, uh, I don't know, this doesn't feel right. So I kind of covered it up. I kind of did this the rest of the match, you know, so nobody could see. Mm. And when the guys were done and they took their belts, we walked back. And then as soon as I got, like, back to the back, I moved my hand and, like, blood just started squirting, like, everywhere. And, like, all the guys in the back, oh, wow. the monitors were like, what happened? Because they didn't see anything. And I told them. Mm. And then they, like, rewound the tape. And they're like, oh my God, there it is right there and stuff. And then they're laughing at me. They're like rewinding it to the moment it did this like over and over again. And they're like cracking up. And I had this little bump <laughs> there for like a couple of years. And then eventually, it, it, so I have no more official wrestling injuries. Darn it, because those were always good stories. But <laughs> that sounds like it. Yeah, I remember. You know, when I was a little kid, I was super into wrestling because it was just, you know, so over the top. It was so extreme. It was so just, it was fun to watch, you know, just like I went to like a sporting event. Like you just get, you know, you get pumped up. And then I kind of got jaded with it as I kind of learned that, you know, it was mostly scripted and this kind of stuff and all that. But then it kind of came back again as like, this is a performance. And I started to like respect it more as like, instead of just entertainment as these are artists and they're the top of their league because they're not you know having somebody else do their stunts and their stunts are literally i'm going to get hurt and you have to do it in such a way that they don't get hurt but it looks like they did that's a very fine line to tread um i mean one thing that comes to mind is uh i think it was was it roddy piper no it wasn't roddy piper oh man i can't remember the wrestler's name it was mankind and he went off the top of the cell in 1998 hell in the cell match with the undertaker and he really fucked himself up he like his teeth went through his lip he was he ended up he came off the top of the cage ended up under the uh perimeter fence to keep the audience back through a table it was crazy and that was one like where that line got destroyed because they knew they were just going to go over the top from the beginning i think the whole thing about being in the sport so i went from being a fan at like 13 um to to being in the sport so a cool thing and i never really reached like you know like really high like the wwe i basically did the local new jersey scenes um at the time ecw was still around so i got to work with and meet some of the um, people that wrestled in ecw but i actually was on a card with with mankind um when he was still mankind and one thing i remember about him is that he was not anything like that persona at all and he had a devastatingly gorgeous wife and i remember it was in um it was in wildwood at the convention center and he's like walking down the boardwalk but it was like i don't know there's so many rumors circulating like you'd be in the back and you never met somebody and there was so many rumors that would circulate um and a lot of times I felt they really weren't true. Like the, the people that they said, oh, this person is so rough. Or one time the ladies were all sharing a dressing room and they're like, oh, this girl is so snobby. And then when she came out, she was the nicest person in the world. And I just think that sometimes like even other wrestlers, they get like really caught up in like the image and like everybody was nice. Like, I, I think I never had a problem like with that but i think it was exciting just seeing the behind the scenes thing and and what i i gathered so much respect for them because their job is just so hard i mean they do so much traveling 
I mean, just physically on their body. It is so rough, you know, and it's not, people will say it's fake. It's not fake. They hit that person with a steel chair. They just cracked the table in half. How is that fake? You know, I mean, the things that they do, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I would want to do it. You know, like I realized really quick, a ballet was the perfect spot for me. You know, I got into a cat, a few cat fights. I got into a few scuffles with some guys, but I was just like this physical stuff that some of these women and men do, it is not me. I am all about the mini skirts and the bikini tops, you know, <laughs> and I'm all about being, you know, like the arm candy, but like, I just think that they, I just think that, I think they're amazing. They're just amazing athletes. And I I got such a new appreciation for the sport. I just also decided it just wasn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> so after yeah. a few I'm like, this has been fun, but it's 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 not really for me. Like I'm I'm the peaceful girl. I am the spread the love kind of person. And it does get a little rough and violent. And and so I had to bail. <laughs> right. Um, you're also, you're a podcast host. Now, is this in conjunction with, it, it, now, is this your podcast or is this somebody else's? So I did um, some guest podcast appearances on the Friends podcast. And I decided at that time, it wasn't exactly the right fit for me. Because uh, podcasts, you, you guys know it. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And at the time, yeah. I had 10,000 other projects going at the same time. I had the movie, the videos. Like, I just had a whole bunch of stuff going. But I am actually um, going to be guest host podcasting again <laughs> for a brand new um, podcast. Um, we're shooting an episode um, in a couple of days. And I, I will see how that goes. Like, I will see if, you know, it fit for me. And, um, but I love doing it. I mean, it was, it was, it was wonderful. It just was so time consuming. And me, I'm right. out all over the place, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of the same way. Now, did, did they have uh, any typical, like, direction that their podcast is going to go like is there certain topics that they mainly talk about or is it kind of just like what we do just kind of freelance it well i mean for the most part they're focused on um the ones that i've seen have been a lot of like musicians a lot of bands but they're pretty much open to anything but it's pretty much kind of like that you know and considering right. I'm, I'm marcy rocker girl so <laughs> i guess they mm. thought you know, that was a, a pretty darn good fit, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so, I mean, I haven't started, like, you know, like, booking any guests yet. Um, I'm just going to go with the flow, you know, and get a feel for it and, and see how, how that works. But, I mean, I love, I love talking to people. I love being a guest star. I love guest co-hosting. You know, all that stuff is and as you can see, I have no problem talking in front of the camera. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after wrestling, what was your next step when you decided that, you know, you'd taken ballet as long as it was going to go? Where would you would you go next? What was your next step? <laughs> so after wrestling, I basically just partied. 
I mean, I, I literally did. <laughs> Not a group of friends, a group of my rocker friends that I hadn't seen in a long time because, like, I started off, like, you know, the rocker girl in my early years, you know, like in high school. And then I went away to California and, and, and did more party and stuff. Then I came back. And when I came back, I jumped straight into the wrestling thing. So after the wrestling thing was over and I'm like, what do I, I want to do? I'm like, oh my God, I haven't talked to my rocker friends in years. So I called them up, you know, we just went to all these local shows and then we did some, some national show partying. And so that's basically what I did. I just partied for a long time. Um, and then stuff started happening. I mean, all of a sudden, one day I went from just partying again to podcasting and videos and movie and <laughs> you know like I just all this stuff just started happening you know from that you know and then the the YouTube channel like I've only had that a month okay so that's like brand new and I am totally learning you know as I go that's yeah. awesome yeah but I mean you know, after after partying all those years, like I started, you know, making a whole truckload of friends everywhere. So I'm happy to say I have a lot of friends. So people need, you know, guests for everything, like especially musical guests. Like I know tons of people that DM me all the time and they're like, are you still doing that podcast? Can you give me one? <laughs> I get at least 10 DMs a day from different bands awesome. asking me that question. <laughs> nice. That's a good sign. Yeah, we, we like to have a lot of musicians on. It's kind of, we're actually Just having one on also tonight. Awesome. I think they're really cool. I mean, most of my friends are musicians, most of them. Um, and I think they're cool. I mean, they've always got great stories, you know, and they've always got something to plug, you know, it's usually their next single or their video or, you know, their show or something like that. So, I mean, I think for the most part, they make really good guests. I do have some friends, though, where they're great musicians, but out of all of them, you can't get any of them to come on camera. I'm like, I'm like dudes, don't one of you want it? They're like, no, no. Huh. But most fans, yeah, most fans, they love the attention. So I think they're always, you know, like pretty good guests, you know. Not saying that I don't love the attention. Obviously, I do, because if you've ever looked on my Instagram or my Facebook, there's like 10 million selfies of me. Whoa. <laughs> like, I I literally pull out the selfie. See, they're, they're, I'm waiting to take a selfie right now. I was just joking. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you got it on a timer. Yeah, no, you know what? I do that. Some of my pictures, if you look at them, you cannot tell they're selfies. But I would say 98% of the pictures on my social media are selfies with, with a timer. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's weird because people always say, like, if I'm out there, we're like, oh, do you want me to take that picture of you? And I hate to say this because people are so nice. But a lot of times when random people take your picture, they're terrible. Like you don't want to tell them. I mean, right? Who 
everybody experienced that, right? It's it's crazy. Yes. They've got you're this little in the picture, and the background's this big, you know. And then when you try to blow it up, you can't because you're this little. And so when you blow it up, you're extra grainy, you know. Yeah. And you, you know, you don't want to hurt their feelings because they're being nice. But I mean, I look at the pictures. And I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. why I, that's why I always offer to take pictures for people when I'm out and about because I take great pictures. I I won't take one picture. If you ask me to take pictures for you, you're going to have like 20. I'll, <laughs> well, I'll get a I big do. background, I'll get yeah, real sure. tight, I'll get horizontal, I'll get vertical, I'll get I'll get everything. Like, ask Lane. You know he asked me to take pictures of him one time and he had like 30 and he saved like Yeah, two. I I did have a lot. Yeah, I saved I saved some out of it. Yeah, funny. But uh, you know what I've been doing actually, because I have such a high frame rate on my camera. When I take a video, what I'll do is I'll just do a video, and then you could take from the video frame, like whatever frame you like. So like you can get and you can change it whatever way you know. So that way they can at the at the you know the final end of it they can be like, okay, I like this one. Yeah, I was. I was going to say, like, whenever, um, so you guys know uh, that I live, like, in a really touristy island, right? So we get, like, tons of people in and out all the time. And I like to go do the hotel stuff. Like, they have um, events going on. Uh, I can go, like, swim with dolphins. And I was like, I'm here. Why am I not, like, I'm not going to pass that up. I'm going to do that anytime, right? And... I don't even think about taking pictures because it's like my backyard, right? It's like, why would I go and take pictures uh, like if I was driving around town, you know, anywhere? It's just not me, but people offer to take pictures and these people do it so much because all the other tourists and stuff that they're really good at it. And like half of my pictures that I've like had done are somebody else just like taking on the fly. I like use those for like profile pictures for like, you know, like uh, setting up almost anything because they're just so good at it. I was like, practice makes perfect. That's what's up. You are so, so lucky, but I want to see those dolphin pictures. I want to see pictures of you swimming with those dolphins. All right. All right. I say like turtles are the best though. They're just okay. so cool. I got, so you swim with turtles? I went back for turtles. <laughs> I went back for turtles. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I went to a, um, Oh, God, I can't remember where it was. Oh, Grand Cayman Island. They had the thing where you swim with dolphins, but, like, across the street was, like, a turtle museum. So when I went on my first cruise, I got to do both of them. And that was fun. So I got the turtles and I got the dolphin, like, right at the same time, like, back to back. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. We had a turtle for a long time. Not sure what happened to him. He just kind of disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Did you at least wow. Yeah, his name was Swamp. Did you say his name was Swamp? Swamp, like Swamp, but with a T. I don't. My brother Twomp. named him. I wasn't involved. Swamp. That is a name. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Wait, still on the uh, it's still on the vivarium that my dad uses for his goldfish now. <laughs> you like you like cut it out of notebook paper, sharpened it black, and then taped it onto the outside of the glass, and I'm like. All right. It's so sad. Okay. It's like something out of a movie. We, you know, like swamp. For the cameras. Oh my. Oh, They're watching. That sounds like a good song, like a good kid's song. 
you can write about about Trump. Like you can have the kids singing it. Yeah. And the next thing you know, like a little book comes along with it. Watercolors, obviously. Illustration. Say that, what you're thinking. Say that's that's and a then, good idea. And then Marcy can write the foreword on it, you know. I, I, I would love to. I would I would yeah. love to shoot, I would love to shoot a trailer when they make it a movie, you know? <laughs> well you were did you did some video vixen, didn't you? For... I did. I did. I have um the video that's coming out hopefully sometime this year. I had a cameo in um another friend of mine um video. Um so we will we will see about the the new video. I I love video shoots. They're so much fun. You know, they're usually one day. You know, and then you've got this 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 great piece of work. I can't wait to see it. Like I've seen the preliminary version of it, and I love it. And hopefully they'll keep it similar to what I've seen. But I don't know. The, the only problem, and see, the main reason why I started my YouTube channel, besides the fact that I thought it would be so much fun to just, like, talk about random subjects and get silly with it, is because I had gotten so used to working with other people. And not saying that, you know, I can't play well with others. Obviously, I can. But there's something to be said about you being in control of the final product, you doing it all. And with appearing in other people's videos or when I was writing songs I had like a you know writing partner like that so much depends on the other person's effort and input like you kind of have to compromise and stuff you know but with the YouTube thing you know I, I don't have to wait for others to compromise and I'm excited about this video but honestly it's the artist video so I don't have any control over that release date. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. That's the downside of being a video vixen. Okay, that's the downside. <laughs> yeah. There Unfortunately, you go. though, when it is all in your court, and you get behind, then you're just like, oh god, I got like three videos I gotta edit, and then I gotta upload, and then oh boy, is YouTube gonna take them down? Oh man, I can't handle that. It's just, I wish YouTube was being more relaxed about things like it used to be. It's getting a bit stricter now, but I think I think your subject matter should be fine. It's when we start talking about yeah. conspiracy theories that we get in trouble. Well, we let people go off, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, they say the well, wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, it's less YouTube. It's more like, you know what's right, Tube. You know, it's like yeah. you're saying what you have to say to, you know, you don't want to, like, step on any toes. But, um, yeah, I I wish you luck in all of your adventures your youtube it looks like it's growing that's good um and yeah so could you do like a quick five minutes with marcy rocker girl for us right here do you have any topics off the top of your head you can tell us about or anything well, like that topic, it's interesting because i just shot um six episodes i just shot them a couple hours ago and how i do it is i just I write down my topics, I do a basic outline, and, you know, I, I just go. I mean, I just talk, I don't edit myself, I say whatever, and then after I do it, it comes in the editing process. I do notice that naturally, I kind of say certain things, like, I'm like, hi, you've reached Marcy Rocker Girl, and this is Five Minutes with Marcy Rocker Girl. Now, today, we are going to talk about our subject, podcast, and I'm going to give you the top 
five reasons why you should have your own podcast. <laughs> and then I would just go off and I would be like, you know, number five. And then I would say something. And then later on, I would edit something kind of cute and corny. Like there'd be like a big five that pops up or something. And then I kind of have this thing where I giggle a lot. Okay. Like I smile and giggle a lot. So whenever I giggle, my little signature thing is the sound effects. Like, and I am, <laughs> I am crazy with the sound effects. So whenever I giggle, I hit the child giggle sound effect. So then there's like this little giggle voice that comes behind me. That's pretty funny. So like, I have like certain, certain trademark things I use, like, you know, the sound effects, the, the, the photo things. Um, and like, if I'm talking about social media, a lot of times I'll do clips of my Instagram or my Facebook page or my YouTube channel. So I try to keep it, um, I try to keep it fun, you know, lighthearted um, and fun. And I think for the most part, people get that. Like I've gotten like maybe one or two people who I don't think gets, kind of gets it, you know, but it's supposed to be lighthearted and silly. And, and I just make up stuff as I go along. Like whatever I think about a subject, it just comes out. And then later on, I'll, I'll edit it. If I think I said a word that I probably shouldn't say, I kind of bleep it out. But you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Post you know? yeah. Because I don't want my whole episode, you know, to get cut because I, I said a naughty word. But that only happened like once and the word wasn't too naughty. But I, I, I bleep myself anyway, just to be on the safe side. But so far, and I have about... 15 episodes up so far. Um, I have one I'm working on, um, and then I just shot, you know, six more. So when they're all done, I'm going to be at like, I don't know, episode number 22. So it is, you know, fairly new. Um, I haven't had any problems yet um, as far as them, you know, taken down or saying, you know, it goes against these guidelines or anything. So, so far I've been lucky. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed on that one, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I expect to, as I learn more and I grow, I'm going to be doing more, you know, marketing and promotion and stuff like that. But right now I'm kind of just focused on getting those videos out there, getting a flow, you know, learning more about editing, trying to make each episode better. <laughs> like I'm really focused on, on those things, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, that's what we're still trying to do to this day. I mean, we've just lately been perfecting our videos a little better, making them more crisp, more clear. Um, it's always work, right? Uh, some of us do more work than the others, but uh, we make sure to get on, get on each other if we're not, you know, producing what we need to produce. Still need that, that uh, video, by the way. Just saying. Yeah. Okay, Jen. Hey, listen, so about that video real quick, Jed. Uh, yeah, I uploaded that. I don't know what's going on. I will recheck it after this. But um, yeah, see, stuff like this, you know, sometimes you got to have meetings within podcasts. And uh, this is what happens. So Meetings within meetings. Uh, yeah, meetings within. But I mean, it's great. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have, like, such a good thing going. I mean, I was thinking, I mean, I may or may not do it, but I was thinking maybe... Um, sometime in the future, you know, if this thing gets, you know, kind of popular, maybe I might have just like, 
I won't even call them special guests. I was thinking of something like I do the top five all the time. So like maybe get like every now and then like a guest person to be like number five and like they say it for me. Like maybe every now and then to try something like that. Like I can't imagine myself doing a format like this, but it would be cool. Like me and and, and, and three other really cool chicks talking about chick stuff, that'd be awesome. Um, but I think I'll just like slide a little something into mine someday in the future. But I think you guys have a cute little thing going, you know, the bros <laughs> all together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we had uh, originally started this, we I was in Germany and Mark was still in Okinawa. And he still is. I'm and Jed, forever, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jed, he was in the States. So we were kind of it was, you know, like trifecta around the world. So we were just talking about like different, you know, cultural things and the news and well, yeah, mostly, but it's grown into. Mostly it started with like COVID and like what we yeah. first were like contacting on was like how COVID was hitting different worlds. So like, like you said, I was here in the States, he was in Germany and, and Mark was in Okinawa. Not only is that three different countries, that's three different continents. And there was, it was it was interesting to see the similarities and the differences and how everything was being treated. Um, and yeah, I mean, here we are still waiting for COVID to end, still doing the podcast. You guys want to hear something crazy? Yes. Sure. 60,000 yeah. cases in Tokyo yesterday alone. Wow. <laughs> interesting. What in the world is going on? <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, uh, a, a group of CIA agents or whatever that uh, were delivering test results. I don't know why the CIA was involved. I can't remember the whole story, but basically the CIA was involved in these people being tested for COVID and they sent out a mass email with everybody's results to everybody. To everybody. That's huge breach of privacy. You can't do that in the states. I mean, that's that's HIPAA laws. I mean, yeah, I knew that. Like, you cannot send out a mass. That would be a mass lawsuit. Like, well, <laughs> Marcy girl, <laughs> Marcy Rocker girl, there's something you ought to know about uh, the CIA. They can get away with whatever they want, and uh, we prove it here law. on the podcast. Nobody's above the law. Hey, I heard that. Somewhere. I agree. I agree. <laughs> My day gig is healthcare, so I know a little bit about privacy acts and stuff like that, and yeah, that's a big lawsuit waiting to happen. Like, there's, there's no reason yeah. for that. Like, nobody needs to know your private health information um, unless you want to make it public. I mean, you could tell somebody, you know, like you said, how many people tested positive, but you can't like read the names out loud. <laughs> yeah, like even if even if you knew everybody's name, they could still say sixty percent of you were positive. That's fine, perfectly fine. Even if you knew everybody's name, they don't. They didn't tell you who had it. They just said sixty percent. And as long as it stays with numbers, it's fine. Yeah, but here's the problem with that. The problem with that is it matters what the context is because if I'm a hospital and I read out all these names and I say sixty percent. I've still told random people that you're a patient at that hospital, which is technically not anybody's business. Like, <laughs> so you can still assume certain things depending on how it's worded. 
Whereas when things are really private, you shouldn't know anything about that. Unless you actually physically see the person at the health center or you scheduled appointment. Like there's there's like no reason for that. Like that that's totally inappropriate. I mean, it's not inappropriate to say, you know, 60% of the population of Philadelphia who lives in West Philadelphia or 40% I knew that was going to happen. As soon as you, she said you, you simply cannot say West Philadelphia without <laughs> following with born and raised. I, I, hey, I'm down with that. I remember when I was in the um, Dominican Republic, right? And then they were they were having a pool party. And for some reason, the the a prize, I don't even know what the prize was, but the challenge was you had to know how to sing every word to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air correctly. And like, it was random kids. They were like, like 19 and 20. And I'm like, what do they even know about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? But they knew every word in that song. I was impressed, you know. I was, was, it, was it the TV version of the song or the original? No, it was original. Sweet, because a lot of people, there's like two verses that get cut out for the TV version at some point in the seasons. You know, they eventually just shortened it up so they could Absolutely. fit in more ads. Um. <laughs> no, I, thought, I just thought it was cool. And I'm like, I'm in the Caribbean, you know, and we're, and we're, we're bringing Philly to the Caribbean. So I just yeah. thought it was kind of cool that they, they, like the whole pool was singing, singing that song. So like, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool that it's getting like a resurgence in like uh, meme culture. Like I keep seeing like little clips and little like, you know, pictures and stuff because it was like underrated at the time, but it had so many good messages, so many good like points that got across and they did it in such a way that it didn't feel like you were being, you know, taught a lesson. It just felt like you were watching people live their lives and it just felt so genuine. I mean, for, a, for one example, um, the episode with Will's father, where he kind of blows up at him and says, I don't know who that is. And like, that wasn't even like, most of that wasn't even scripted. It was just Will Smith talking about his life and expressing his emotions. And when an actor can bring that kind of genuine feeling to a scene like that, that really helps audiences connect and experience that. And a lot of times help them through, you know, a rough patch that they're going through, which is just great. And when it's a really good show, it's really timeless. Like some shows, honestly, they don't age well. Like you watch them now and you're like, what the heck were they thinking? But a really good show, you can watch 10, 20, 30 years later and you can still appreciate it. You can still laugh at the old jokes and be like, you know what? That was a great message, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just good acting, good writing. It was just, it was, it was fun. Like people just embrace the characters and they're still, still embracing them all these years later. So yeah. I mean, yeah, they invented a whole new dance move. <laughs> the Carlton. I do that all the time. Oh my God. The Carlton. You want to talk about memes. Oh my God. They're so but you know that's cool for him now because honestly he's like a legend like people see him and they still think all these years later Carlton. Carlton, you know they still think about that dance and think about how many shows 
since they invented television. Think about how many characters nobody remembers. But like his character, he can go like anywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, look, that's Carlton. I think that's amazing. That especially you as into that character. Especially as not a main character. Like anytime a side character can have that kind of, you know, status mm-hmm. within the, you know, the community that's watching, that's amazing. But you know something I did learn? Not when the shows were on, but later in retrospect, when I was watching shows that um, talked about how the show was created, I learned that a lot of the famous characters, um, especially the classic shows, the person that became the most famous was not always necessarily who the show was written for. Like, a lot of times they would write these shows for, like, stage actors or like these classic movie actors and then they would give them like children or nieces or nephews but they wrote their characters with so much life that you forget like like um family matters for urkel you know like he just stole the show from like every other character and really who was he he was the neighbor he wasn't the main character he was the neighbor and it's the same thing with like um times he was he wasn't the main character it wasn't even written for him it was it was written for like i think it was written for the mom different strokes had um gary coleman that show wasn't written for him it was written for um the the father the father was like some british um actor stage actor so there's been like so many characters where they stole the show not saying that obviously the fresh prince of bel-air made will smith household name but you know carlton's pretty darn famous too from that show <laughs> i think um i think seinfeld and frazier is another one there you go. frazier got his own spinoff um and some people like it better than seinfeld not me I haven't really done enough research to form an opinion on that but I've heard, well, I've heard both well, ways. Frazier was actually from Cheers, not Cheers, Seinfeld. Cheers, my bad. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like, I haven't really seen the show, so I can't really, I don't really know. Um, I, I think it was, it was different kind of humor. I think that Cheers was a little bit more funny, funny whereas um, Frazier was the funny, but he was like the classy, funny kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so I think it was a different kind of humor. Um, but I enjoyed both shows. I mean, I thought they were both pretty, pretty good. I like them both. Yeah. I liked that, like, whole era of those, like, friend comedy, like, groups, you know, like, Friends, How I Met Your Mother, Seinfeld, Cheers, Frasier. It was just nice, you know, because it wasn't some grand adventure. It wasn't, you know, superheroes. It wasn't some love story that's completely impractical. It was just friends living their lives. And that, you know, we can all relate to that as people who live lives and sometimes have friends. I was going to say that. You have to have friends to relate to that. More importantly, <laughs> your friends have to have time. Like, that's something I'm experiencing, like, every summer. All my friends around here just get super busy with work and their own little projects. And it comes down to, like, five or six nights we actually get together and do something. But, I mean, those nights are awesome. Well, I mean, the thing about shows, especially shows like Friends, was they were like roommates. So, of course, they saw each other all the time. Like, you know, like Seinfeld, some of them live in the same building. But, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, if you're making a show and you have 
roommates and your best friends with the neighbors, it's easy for you all to be together all the time, you know, but I mean, in reality, most of us, you know, might have a roommate or two or a friend or two, but we're not always in the same vicinity, you know? <laughs> so right. it's kind of Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, that that's just an odd, and they really set that, they were stretching it with that show, friends. They're like, oh, so you guys are friends, okay? You live with each other and next to each other. Also, you guys are always at the same cafe, which is conveniently below your apartment. Uh, you're never apart. Yeah. Same thing with How I Met Your Mother. They were always hanging out in the bar at the bottom of the one friend's apartment. Well, think about this. Yeah. You're living in a big city. Like, where's, like, even if you're in a small town, honestly, like, you have your own like place that you usually go and your buddies go there too. So that's not a far stretch, but then like, uh, the, the furthest stretch out of that whole show is like being friends with your roommate and like getting along outside. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's a hard one. But they, they show strife. They show, you know, roommate conflicts. Yeah. But, but if you ever look at that show really well, I mean, there was other dimensions going on. I mean, like, you know, some of them went to high school together, some of them were related. So it was more than just we're roommates. Like if you looked at their relationships, most of them had known each other. I mean, yeah, there were stretches of times where maybe they didn't talk or maybe they didn't hang out. But if you go through their story, like their lives were like, all wrapped around each other since like high school or their relatives i mean they really had them like tight and it's like at what point do you be like okay these are my best friends but i want to make other friends and it was like every now and then they'd have three or four episodes where they introduce a friend into their little circle and then they would disappear you'd never see them again yeah <laughs> yeah they got pretty territorial like yeah yeah, yeah was, i guess uh codependency yeah. it was a it was a little bit strange you know it was just like this is a circle nobody else can enter it you know <laughs> right all right council has passed this decision and you are not allowed all right uh, let's let's wrap it up uh with this last one so we got like about 10 ish minutes left i was okay. wondering has there been like a uh like a point in your life where you're like that could be a tv show i'll go first to let you guys think about that and uh, then we can like critique each other's a little bit. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I so mean. whenever I was in college, like my first year of college, I got this apartment and it was the strangest, strangest setup. So I had three roommates that were sharing one room that really only one person was supposed to be there. They were all from Africa. I had a kid from Hong Kong that didn't know how to like take care of himself at all because he had been like raised with nannies and everything. I had to show this a grown man how to shave with a non-electric razor. I had to show him how to make like ramen noodles so he could eat because he had no idea how to cook anything. <laughs> this this was hilarious. And uh, oh, and then the girl that lived with us was so promiscuous i walked in a handful of times and there was about three dudes lined up outside in our living room waiting to uh, do the deed. I was like, this could be, 
like a at least a mini series. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> What's going on here? At least a mini. Yeah, you have wholesome moments where uh, a, a hardworking American man who you know has been raised to be independent teaches a um, nannied foreigner how to you know live, and then you also have the hijinks of a sexually independent woman doing whatever she wants to do. She was hilarious. She was probably the best one out of all of them. <laughs> I knew you'd say that, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Why are you saying that? I think your opinion might be a little biased there, but... He was the last one in line. That's at least she has an admirer. I mean, that's pretty cool. She has tons of male admirers. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she paid her rent on time. I bet you did pay her rent. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways... So, uh, Marcy, do you have any? Uh, oh, that could be a that could be a, a TV show. So, you know, honestly, my my whole life could be a TV show. Especially the last year has been the craziest ever. Like, <laughs> I yeah. swear, sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I am a writer, and I couldn't write better stuff than this. So, yeah, the last year of my life, percent could be a sitcom. And it would definitely be a comedy. <laughs> a romantic comedy, but it would still be a comedy, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know who I'd want to play me. I mean, I guess maybe I could just play me. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that should be the question. The, the question should be, if you were going to make a sitcom about your life, who would you want to play you? Because <laughs> that's oh. how you dig deep into, into your personality. Matthew go. McConaughey. That's for sure. I can see Matthew McConaughey. I can see that. That I can see. All right, all right, all right. See? That's you playing him, right? You got him down, Yeah, yeah. I think if I I wasn't going to do it myself as much as I'd like to, because that's the whole point of writing your own sitcom is so you can be the main character. But... uh, Direct it, produce it. I mean, there's a million other things you can do and still yeah. besides starring in it yeah but uh, i think if i had to choose somebody else i'd probably go with zach Galifianakis. <gasps> i can see that too i can yeah he'd have, he'd have to trim his eyebrows a little bit and um i don't know if he'd have to get more weird or less weird but the weirdness would have to change a little bit <laughs> but uh but no actually i've actually been thinking about trying to put together like my own like friends style sitcom but small town version oh there you go because i think it'd be very different you know you wouldn't see the same people every episode you'd see you know a few people very often and you know there'd be like times where you'd see a bunch of different people you haven't seen before and then you wouldn't see them for like three seasons you know um i think that'd be kind of interesting i haven't watched the ranch ranch, but that's that's what it is that I guess Hyde beat me to. Kinda, not really. I mean, yeah, you should yeah. totally do that. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah. And what with do you my guys budget, I would me? be the producer, take filmmaker, opinion. director, actor. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> I am the god here. <laughs> Who would play me in a in a sitcom of terrible roommate debacle? I guess. <laughs> uh, Michael Sarah. Oh, Michael Scott. <laughs> You know that at the time that would probably work out. It'd probably work out the way I looked and the way like 
It just everything came off. Yeah, Michael Sarah's shy persona. Yeah, it would work. <laughs> Funny story, actually. Uh, my theater, one of my theater teachers, Michael McClendon, great guy. Love this guy. But if I ever needed to cast somebody to play his part, I would go for Steve Buscemi, 100%. Oh hands my down. God, I love Wouldn't Steve even think Buscemi. about it. Wouldn't even think about it. I love him too. He's great too. But it was just like, it wasn't a super obvious resemblance. But once you saw it, you couldn't unsee it. You know? <laughs> like, um, that's Lane sad, Hill. Though. You don't want to look like Steve Buscemi. You just want to have the personality of Steve Buscemi, right? <laughs> right, right. He's so unique looking. Like, nobody looks like him. Like, he's just got one of those faces. Like, some people are so unique looking. You're like, wow, what did your parents look like? That's the first thing I think. What did you think? It just goes on from generation to generation. Same face, copy and pasted. Right? Aren't you guys curious when you see somebody that's extremely unique looking? You're wondering, hmm. And then sometimes yeah. when I see him, I'm like, I can't see. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, their eyes and her mouth. And yeah, you're like trying oh, to yeah. paste it together. So who would be me? Who do you think we could do me besides me? Uh, My first thought was Serena Williams. Really? Williams, the tennis player? Oh, wait, no. Is that One the- of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the 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 most famous one. I mean, she is a powerful, beautiful, strong woman. So that would be awesome. You have an arm, though, right? From tennis. Yeah, well, yeah. She's way more muscular than I. That was the one thing. That was one thing. I was like, well, she's a lot more athletic. Like I'm more on the busty side, and she's more on the athletic side. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lane, right. your turn, buddy. <laughs> if you were going to make a TV show, what would it be about? Uh, yeah, I feel like basically you're reframing the question. Whatever the original like, question was. That's the, uh, the original, Yeah, so the original question I don't have because I'm not seeing anything where I'm like, that could be a TV show. Aww. I mean, I, I mean, in the Air Force maybe now, at some point. <laughs> Like there's Spain, that dude. aspect. Yeah, I mean Spain was cool, but I never saw anything like that I could really put it together as a TV show. But, I mean, could you take characters from like different parts of your life and squish them together and come up with something original? Like, don't you have like through your whole life like different people mm-hmm. where you thought that person's kind of interesting? Like, could you do it that way? Squish them together? And maybe not make it like one incident, but make it like an accumulation. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of the plot. <laughs> what would that be? You know, uh, there's plenty the of people like where you rob, I, where you rob somebody's brother's car, and they're gonna well, go crash it, right? Maybe, and then blame maybe it that. on somebody else. And then blame it on another person who's a redneck and would be convincing, convincingly the person to do it. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, no I think in life we do meet people that we encounter and you're like you you think to yourself like you could be an actor or you you know what that that's a role you're playing or like you know what I mean so like I do I've met those people and I have people in mind right off the top of my head that I could be like yeah I want you in my movie yes you you that personality I need that but what what's the plot I don't know give me some time I'll figure it out I've never thought of that. Like, but theoretically, they say friends 
I mean, not Friends, um, Seinfeld was about nothing. So if Seinfeld could be successful and be about nothing, then theoretically you could take those characters and you also could have a successful show about nothing. True. I mean, it, it basically, from what I gathered, I've only seen a few episodes of Seinfeld. It's just like daily life. So, yeah. so it's like... Yeah. Yeah, just daily life. And how people I say, react. Those actors really like did that show justice, though, because the writing in that show was very um, like mediocre, and then the actors like took everything out of it. So you definitely have you have to have somebody that could, you know, freestyle or like bring. Yeah, a lot what of was up with out. what was up with Kramer? That guy was on like Crystal Meth or something. I guess where anytime I watch him, he like he comes in at like any any scene, he'll like. Walk through the door, he'll be like, Oh my god, it's like, What are you Tony. doing, dude? Like, I just I just parked my car. It's like, What? What, the, what are you freaking out about, man? Like, I don't know. That guy's so a, a character. I saw a picture of the real guy that the character of Kramer is supposed to be based on because supposedly the writer of the show based those characters on like real people he actually knew. Um, and the guy's hair was. He was tall and his hair was a little weird. Now, I don't know. I saw a picture of him, so I don't know if he really act that crazy, but he did look a little strange to me. Like, I could definitely <laughs> look at that guy and look at Kramer and say, yeah, I mean, physically that does resemble him, you know? <laughs> what did his parents look like, you know? <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> what did his parents act like? Mm, better question. Because like, oh, I know yeah. I get a lot of my goofiness from my father, and these two can both attest that uh, you could just follow my dad around with a camera all day, and if he didn't shoot it, he it, you'd have some quality content to, to air um, <laughs> on very select channels. But but no, yeah, that's it's a really interesting concept. Um, definitely something I'll be thinking about. I'll be looking out for those moments where I can see like that would be I should get that on camera like right now. But uh, wow. An hour already gone. I can't believe we went by that fast. We zoomed by, yeah. So you guys, yeah. you guys just survived one hour with Marcy Barber Girl. Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, for awesome. So where can people find you? I know so you have an Instagram and a Facebook, which is Marcy Rocker Girl, correct? Yes, Marcy and Marcy by Rocker Girl. One word. For Instagram, um, where is usually where I have all my exclusive clicks and videos, but I'm also on Facebook. I have my YouTube channel. You can just do a search. You can search um, at Marcy Rocker Girl, or you can search um, hashtag five minutes with Marcy Rocker Girl, all one word, and um, it comes up. <laughs> Also, if it's more convenient yeah. for you, those links will be down in the description, all up together in one place. And don't hold me to this, but I'm gonna try to link those videos and uh, that movie when they when we have the release dates for those. Um, it's just, will I remember when we get that information down the road? But uh, yeah, Marcy, it's been great having you. A joy to talk to, really brightened my day up. It was already a pretty good day. Now it's better. Thank you for that. Um, we'd love to have you on again in the future sometime, so just let us know if that's something you're interested in. Uh, I know you're crazy busy right now. So no, that's okay. I would, I would love to come back on and chat with you guys, and thank you so much for inviting me. This has been so much fun. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. has been killer. All right, everybody. Like always. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.